Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. And Frank. Welcome to Podcast 167. We've got a great live show for you this week. Oh, no. Yay, live shows. Nah, just nah. I lied. <laughs> Uh-oh. Got you all worried. No, we are What, done. people We're... don't like our live shows? <laughs> they love the live shows, but we've been doing yes, them since, do. like, August, so I think... Oh, my God, I really? I think it's time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to put the whole tour up. We should do, like a like, a Halloween episode. Okay. We should. What will be on this Halloween episode? We'll all dress in costumes and it'll be hilarious. Yeah, we'll all be in costumes and everybody <laughs> will have to guess what we're wearing. <laughs> Perfect. Aww. Good. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll be, I'll be welcome. Pottercast 167. Uh, Melissa, I'm here <laughs> with John Frack and Sue. We have a lot, a lot of great fun for you this week. A lot, a new, whole new canon conundrums. Oh, very fun. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's gonna go down. Very fun. Yes. Have lots and lots of news and more. All right. Well, this week, this let's just get into it, Sue. What's happening yeah. in the Harry Potter world? Lots and lots of stuff. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've done um, some live news, and we have a lot of news for you guys from the oh, live show. Yeah. So um, it, let's start with our cast because our cast has been very busy on since. We don't have a movie right now. And um, Emma Watson, for example, has said that she is going to go to university post-Thessaly Hallow. She's not going to focus on her, nice. career, her film career. She's going to go to university and possibly here in the United States. Nuh-uh. Really? Yeah, huh? <laughs> yes, Hasn't Harvard been, like, saying, oh, we think she's coming here? Yeah. Come to, uh, come to USC. <laughs> yeah. Okay, John. <laughs> yeah. What? It's a great school. Yeah. What does she want well, to study? Do we know? Pet- I think she wanted to do like English literature and literature, you know. I mean, or maybe oh, cool. arts. I don't know, but it's uh, art. It, bets down on Yale. Yeah, I'm gonna. She I'm gonna should do pre-bet art. Pre-bet for Yale. She enjoys Yale drawing. Has not only a great, you know, it's not only known for well everything the way Yale is, but yeah. it has a world-renowned um, dramatic arts. Wait, what school? Harvard does too, but real Yale. Yale's really known for their dramatic arts stuff, and so if she if she wants to study acting more while she's doing her English literature and everything else she wants to study, then I, I'm going to bet on Yale. That would be a good fit for her. Because, I mean, but she did, she did really well with her, you know, her owls, like in real life, like Hermione. She did, she's very, very smart with her academics. Yeah. So she could get in, I think. She could get in anywhere, probably regardless of the fact that she's Emma Watson. Yeah. You know? well, she wants true. to go to a Sounds party like... school. <laughs> John. Come on. Isn't this the funny like thing that all of the schools will start doing now? It'll be the rumor going into next year until yeah. a week before the school starts or whatever. Oh, I heard Emma Watson's coming here. Every yeah. year when seniors are going to check out schools, you hear some rumor about like you know I don't know last year or a couple of years ago there was a rumor that the Olsen, tw- Olsen twins were going yeah, to Vassar I was just or something. That, you know, <laughs> like when I when I went to I'm the same age as Chelsea Clinton and Chelsea Clinton's father went to Georgetown. So when I got there the first or before the first year, the big rumor was that oh Chelsea Clinton coming here Chelsea's Clinton's coming here and then she didn't you know so yeah it's it's I don't know it's amusing it is Chelsea Clinton end up going to a party school John she's she didn't where'd she go I forgot yeah well she didn't go to Ohio State Ohio State's a great academic school but we have a lot of fun too just saying okay moving on um um Daniel Radcliffe as you might have heard is in the little play known as Equus and that has now formally opened in in on Broadway in New York City, and it it's uh, open. It is open now. It's running until February. Nice. So if you want to go see them, the tickets are still available. But um, a lot of the performances have actually sold out. So um, we should can... try to go in November. Well, yeah, well, we don't have a movie to see. <laughs> we don't have a movie to see. I mean, we have we like books, book parties. Well, to go we to, do. But... I'll tell you, we do have one movie to see in November. The the We Are Wizards is getting a run oh, in a New right. York theater. In, oh, is it? Remember? Yeah, they're getting a theatrical That's, release by Cinema Village awesome. in, in New York City. Cool. Yeah, it's Excellent. really cool. And we're going to plan an event, some sort of event around it, um, also to do with the book and everything else. So it should be fun. Very what book? Nice. My book. Yeah, which Beetle book? the Bard? <laughs> no, my book. Not Beetle the Bard. 
<laughs> no, John, you ruined it by saying Beetle and the Bard. Boo. Aw. No, my Boo. book. Harry, a history. I can't Harry wait for history. it. But we're going to talk about that more later. But um, I do want to mention yeah. that our, for our friend, my, the ice cream man, Mr. Rupert Grant, is in London right now, and he's filming a new movie called Wild Target. Um, and we have lots of pictures of that from courtesy of our friends. Wild Target? Grant.net. Wild Target. I bought an ice cream truck. You what? I bought an ice cream truck. Yeah, he, yeah, he's John, cool. this is not time for your Rupert Grint impression, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Never the time for your Rupert Grint impression. I really like sweets. Rupert um, Grint so, hey, the same birthday. Here. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, can I do we, have like, something be cool? We are all ADD this week. Somebody, so what bad. is happening? <laughs> okay, John, John, I have something for you. You would like. You will like John, especially. What? What are we doing? You know how you What's like happening? the parts of Goblet of Fire when your buddy Tom Felton was sleeping out of trees? Guess what he's doing now? He's going to be jumping out, out of helicopters and planes and, and diving with sharks and, and he's, riding he's ostriches. James Bond. Yes, he is. <laughs> no. He's riding an ostrich? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, in the, he's a guest on a reality Wait, show ostrich? in the UK called, seriously, Jack Osborne's reality celebrity, I'm sorry, celebrity adrenaline junkie show. Wait, is this like Jack Osborne, like Ozzy Osborne's son? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who Jack Osborne is. I think probably is, the yeah. only Osborne named Jack. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but he, you know, he's seriously. So it's it's like a celebrity reality show, like you know, the islands and stuff. So what he's doing, and it's a fo- and he's actually gone to Africa where he's going to dive with sharks and do all this. He's going to oh do aerial acrobatics on a stunt glider. <laughs> Whoa, that's really cool. That's crazy. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I couldn't do that. Who is he competing against? Well, I don't know that he's... I don't know how it works. Damn, I don't, I've never seen the show. It is Jack Osborne. Could you imagine it if is it was the all Aussies. Harry Potter actors? It is the Osbournes. The Jack Osborne, nice. that guy. Yeah. Oh. Can you imagine if it was all Harry Potter actors, though, competing, like, on ostriches and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like, Ostrich races? Ostrich. I don't understand. I'm a Harry Potter star. Get me out of here. It would just be too funny. It is funny. But, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, what do you say to your bosses? Oh, by the way, you know, just so you know, I'm going to go fling myself out of a plane and swim with sharks. And, you know, I'll be who's, back for the next who's movie. Who's Tom Felton's boss? You know, that's a, you know, Sue, it's a, it's a really good point because they have, like, in the early days, at least I know, they had specific clauses that they couldn't do certain things that would endanger their, um, yeah. that could potentially, like, have them break a leg, you know? Aww. Because, well, like it's getting true. getting their hair cut. Yeah, I mean, getting their hair cut, dyeing their hair, break, doing like riding motorcycle, you know, stuff. I don't know what's accurate. If, you know, I don't really know. But hard um, drugs. Yes, I'm sure, John. Drugs. I mean, come on. But you know, seriously, I mean, and, and and his role, I mean, uh, Draco's role, I mean, in the in this movie, I mean, that's already filmed. But I mean, in, in movie seven too, I mean, Draco's not exactly, you know, not a player, you know. So I just well, it's not like they're gonna say, oh, we're done with you now, uh, Tom. You can go jump out of helicopters now. <laughs> well, surely. Surely Maybe it's all CG. Them, regardless of oh well, sure. I mean, well, obviously, but I just thought it was like whoa. It's just it, I, for me, it just seemed like very un. I mean, you hear him doing fishing. Okay, that's kind of sedate, kind of safe, not too dangerous. <laughs> well, he's hardcore. You can't tell this guy what he can and can't do. He's twenty-one years old or something, isn't he? Absolutely, I, absolutely, he can do whatever. And I think it's you know more power yeah. to him and enjoy it. But it just, it just, I was like, wow, it's really you know different. Anyway, I mean, so that's writing an ostrich is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> Spite those feathers, oh, John. Right, John. <laughs> When's the next time that you remember that you that you wrote an ostrich? Uh, I tell you the story, but we're doing the news right now, so I have to wait till the okay. wrap up. Okay, all right. Anyway, that was a nice save. <laughs> um, our our Miss Joe has been in the news. Um, she uh, really there was a shock. Joe has been in the news. Uh, she was honored by the city of Edinburgh, uh, Scotland. Um, she got some. Uh, Freedom of the City Award or something, and so congratulations to her for that. And she also, it comes out the uh, writer for the Doctor Who series, which I know is very popular. It's showing here in the United States now, but it's a big UK show. And uh, they had considered having her as be a guest on the show. Yeah. That you know, and I just <laughs> what was that all about? I read about that in the paper. Yeah, that was yeah. It's so stupid. It was. It was. You know, it's, the, it's again the way it gets spun in the press, which is one of these things that that, that tweaks both Sue and my noses. Is that is that she said they wanted to have her on on an episode, and David Tennant was like, "No, that sounds like a spoof." And then I heard that she actually said no. She turned it down, and all of a sudden it's like it's like Doctor Who, you know, spurns well, no. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Here's what I read. To be on your show. Here's what I read. 
was that originally they offered they they wanted her to write an episode of Doctor Who, and she mm-hmm. declined. And then the plan after that was, well, let's see, you know, maybe she'll guest star on the show. And then at that point, David Tennant's like, no, that'd be stupid. Yeah, I'll be, that'd be a spoof. I don't want that. I don't want my show to turn, you know, kind of well, comedy. Did you read the idea what they had, though? I mean, it's horrible. The guy, the guy who writes the book, uh, the series is writing a book. And he described his idea. It was a cold Edinburgh Christmas Eve. And there's J.K. walking through the snow pursued by an uh, Rita Skeeter-style journalist. And then yeah. she's asking, what are you going to write after Harry Potter? And suddenly, boom, the space bug zaps her. That's what it says. And zaps, <laughs> she's back in time. <laughs> Seriously. And then they were going to have her. And then JK's imagination becomes real. A world of Victorian magic replaces me? the... Seriously, this is what he wrote. A world of Victorian magic replaces the present day world. The doctor arrives and has to battle through a world of witches and wizards and wands and spells and CG wonders to reach JK at the heart CG of it all. Wonders. But see, that would have been amazing. I like the CG wonders. (laughs) It would have been, yeah, that would have been hilarious. No, Uh, no. So glad she said no. It would have been fun. I don't don't know about amazing, but it would have been a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it wouldn't have been like brilliant television, but it would have been immensely entertaining. Well, yeah, you can see why David David Tennant said uh, no. He needs to get over himself. No, John. I'm happy he said no. It's in Why? No. Joe was down. Joe would have done it. Joe wasn't down. She said no. Oh. No, she said no to writing an episode. She didn't say no to making an appearance in an episode. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she Why did. Why she go to Sheesh. Either she, either she said no, I'm not positive. Either she said no, or it was never even brought to her. It's just something that the press made up. Yeah. I believe if it's written in the paper, then it, then it happens. Yes, of course, John. <laughs> I mean, sure. Why would they bother wasting ink on lies? Um, speaking of one more thing with Joe, she has been uh, making use, and this is her personal money, but she donated a very large and substantial fund to the UK Labour Party. She donated one million pounds, and because wow. she was motivated by what she she wants to do with how they're going to handle the problem of child poverty, and so yeah. there was much ado and in the press. She was discouraged by the okay. Tory Party. So. At the risk yes. of setting ignorant, what's got the a lot Labour of press party? over this one? Isn't it like a Lib- Republican or a Democrat, but they have like different uh, th- ways of saying it? Yeah, the Tories is, I think, the equivalent of Republicans, and the Labour is probably the equivalent of Democrats-ish. I don't know anything about UK politics. I don't even, you know. What's the other one? It's my fourth grade understanding. What, John? It was was the Labour Party, and what else? Tories. The Tories? Tories. Tories. T-O-R-Y. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they're like the Voldemorts? John! (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm kidding. So, but there was much ado about, you know, Joe was either criticized or, you know, I mean, it's her, her money and she can just, you know, and she's never been shy. I mean, the British press is pretty, you know. What were they criticizing in what context? Well, because uh, the current prime minister, she's good friends with the prime minister, uh, Gordon Brown. And, and so they felt that she was doing this just to help his campaign, you know, and just kind of a show because they were having a big meeting. Go ahead, Melanie. Tony Blair was from the Labour Party, and it's not, it's it's right. apparently the opposition to the to conservatives, and I'm reading this from Wikipedia because it's criminal of us not to explain this on our yeah. podcast, so let's pray that Wikipedia is right right now. Um, it's always it's, right. It's, it was Tony Blair's party, and it has, quote-unquote, surpassed the Liberal Party as the main opposition to conservatives in the early 1920s. And then, yes, that's pretty much it. So I think it's the, the, the equivalent of... Democratic Party here, whereas more mm-hmm. answers seek, seek to come from government initiatives as opposed to leaving money in the hands of the people who earned it, etc. Yeah, fundamental difference in theolo- the theology, in philosophy, in political philosophy. Well, there. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But she's but Jake Rowling's been very. She said she said that that if she had a magic wand. Or if she could do one thing for a while ago, when she got asked that question, she said that she would want to be Tony Blair for an hour. And then, the, and then recently, when she got asked by a different language publication, she said that she wants a Democrat to win the election. And this is when we didn't know whether it would be Hillary uh, Clinton or Barack Obama. So that those are her yeah. views, and she is entitled to them the way all of us here are, even though exactly. we're not going to tell you who to vote for. Exactly, vote for Santa yeah. Claus for all I care. 
Yeah. Santa Claus, what? <laughs> what? He's a write-in this year, isn't he? Santa Claus is a write-in? Mm-hmm. I thought you would write yeah. in Dollish or something, John. In our school know. elections, I'd always write in Santa Claus or <laughs> Batman or something like that. <laughs> this week we saw um, a release from our friends at Scholastic. The U.S. publishers of the Harry Potter novels released a 10-year um, special edition of um, Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. And it was a fabulous thing. They had a readathon where anybody can yeah. go into the Scholastic thing and read, and you could see follow it online. And they brought they Wait, read no, cover no to cover. What's that? No, no spoilers, please. John, John Chubb. You know what was really neat no, though, if you were wonderful. watching it, there was somebody who was there What's in her it? Hufflepuff in her Hufflepuff clothes. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah, I wore a Hufflepuff tie. There? I wore a Hufflepuff tie and a Hufflepuff scarf to go read from Sorcerer's Stone. But I, I have to read? tell you, it was, um, I chapped, the first one I read was something from um, very early on. I think it was during the Potions Master chapter. And then mm-hmm. I got to read the end of the Mirror of Erised chapter, which made me very, very happy. Oh, cool. Oh, that's um, awesome, um, Especially knowing what we know now, you know, about, yeah. about what Dumbledore would have seen. But, um, what was awesome about you know i went into this thinking it's going to be cute take some pictures whatever and not really thinking and thinking i i wouldn't read that's silly i'd leave it to the kids or the other fans or whatever you know but then it just looked like so much fun so i got in line and it was so i gotta tell you it was so nice it was such a nice low-key celebration going back to the text going back to Hmm. um the the actual reason it's not just about you know yay harry potter it's about let's let's all remember why we love these but it was so unexpectedly great fun not that i didn't expect it to be bad but i just didn't expect to enjoy it as much as i did hmm. so. yeah how long did it take cool. to get through the book i don't know i don't know, I don't know time they finished i left there around two thirty, and they were like maybe five six of the way through and they started at eight yeah. in the morning yeah wow. yeah what on, what on? did anybody else that we would recognize their names uh, read anything from the book that you recognize? Well, or? you know who was first out there, and this is great. The group that shall not be named from New York. Woohoo! Oh. Yeah, they're they awesome. Were, yeah, they were the first. They were there at 8.30 in the morning. I'm sorry, from 5 in the morning so that they could read from the first chapter. They all came in costume and, and took big pictures together. And Scholastic was, when I got, I got there around 11, and Scholastic was still talking about it, how great it was that this whole group came out. Um, people had so come fun. from midnight the night before so that they could read the opening you know, the opening words, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privilege Driver, proud to say they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Um, awesome. awesome. And yeah, it was, it was, it was so, it was just nice. People came in from the door and you got, if you were in the first hundred though, I was really a, like 174, you got a free book and these, wow. everybody who did it got these pins. These, they had, they're like wings. They were, the <gasps> what? picture of the pin was on the, was on the news post. It's like wings and it says celebrating, ha- celebrating 10 years of Harry. And it's like getting Aww. your Harry Potter like like merit badge. Aww. So awesome! You know, cool. I want a That's pin. So cool. I got you know. It was it was so, so neat to I'm watch sure. though at home. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, 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 please tell me how my, it was like to watch at home. It was awesome because you could pick up the book because I had pre-ordered it and and I don't know if you remember uh, Amazon had sent theirs out a little bit early even though it didn't come out until the 23rd and I got mine a little stinkers. bit early. I know, so it was fun because I just was picking up the book and then I'd look up and then I see um our our friend uh, Sam Freeman was there reading too and then our awesome. uh, Leah Padfoot from our you know our own staff was there and she was wearing her Leaky concert mm-hmm. and it was just so cool to see all these people that you'd see at Aww. the conventions and, and you know and concerts and stuff and to see all these f- so many familiar faces and it was just every one of them I mean there were young children that were there there were adults and it was just a joy to see everybody just reading the book in their own words and their own way of doing yeah. it. And it was just a really, really awesome thing. And I thought that was like a perfect Scholast- way to celebrate. Go ahead. Scholastic staff too did it, which I thought was cool. Yeah. 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 How Cheryl read. Cheryl read. Arthur read. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, she did. It was awesome. Was everybody cheering when she got there? I have a hilarious like, video oh. to share with you guys of Hot Cheryl. Hilarious. Oh, in the wrap up. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. She playing Guitar Hero? No. I have a video of Cheryl playing Guitar Hero. I bet you do. All right. What else is up? Um, Guess what's happening July 7th, July 7th, 2009. One guess. Mm. Finally, mm. you mean? Yes, finally. <laughs> the paperback of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows is coming out. Yeah, Ten days before Half-Life Prince. Yeah. Isn't that? Ten days, what? Ten days before the movie comes out. That way. 
You'd almost. <laughs> Did they? Mmm. <laughs> now, wait. From my no, understanding, great. I thought it was typically, like, standard practice to do the paperback, like, a year after the, the regular publication. Is that just something I just assumed on my own accord, or is that... It is it is standard practice, but I think because of the anniversary, they didn't want to push two book releases. And plus, it's not like they're running for, you know, um, another book release. So they have all this time, so they might as well spread it out. You know. Yeah, I thought they typically don't cross promote the books in the movies. Well, they're not mentioning. It's they're not. It's not like they're saying soon to be a motion picture or, you know, anything. They're just they're just putting it near each other, which is wise. Mm. Yeah. That was, that was our plan too with my yeah. book. <laughs> and things got moved. Yeah. But you know, and too, I wonder though. I mean, did have, does Beetle the Bard have anything to do with it too? I mean, even back then, they might have known that Joe had said to him, "You know, maybe yeah. I really want to do this." So I'm pretty yeah. sure that they would have known way ahead of time that that Joe, that Joe was considering, you know, releasing it then, so they didn't want to clash the two. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Oh, well, uh, speaking about your book, Miss Melissa, we learned a little, Ooh. little bit of more about it this week, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did. Well, well, kind of, <laughs> kind of. We did. We did. Um, I posted on Leaky that that on HarrietHistory.com, I've been updating what I call Vault Twenty Seven entries, which are extra bits that I couldn't get into the book. Now, a lot of those books have to do with my J.K. Rowling interview, which was two days long and is tremendous and has a lot of canon discussion in it. But Ooh, canon. No, Sometimes new information, sometimes just discussion on existing canon, but none of that is in the book because this book is not about... Well, I take it back. There's a little bit of it in the book. This is That's not what the book is generally about, so I have all this extra information, which for a fan to be sitting on this is just completely criminal. So I started yeah. putting um, bits, you know, little bits of it as, as we go um, up on the website, and I think we're going to talk about this bit for... Um, canon conundrums. This is yeah, we are the veil. Sorry. Yeah, right. Mm. And what mm-hmm. you know, for years we wondered what it meant. Why could certain characters hear different voices? Hear a different, have a different level of hearing the voices behind the veil. Mm. And J.K. Rowling did answer it during the interview. And you know what's so funny? I remember when she said it during the interview, thinking, "Ah, oh, the fans need to know that." You know, like thinking, in "This, mm-hmm. I must get this into the book. I must." And then I only went back to it when I was writing the book, and I and I tried. So so hard to get it in because I just thought, oh, this is great. It's got to be in there. And once I realized that I was only doing it because of the the pure fan and not recognizing the needs of the book, that I said, okay, maybe this should yeah. be cut. So um, it has now ended up on harryhistory.com. Oh. Well, Next, uh, what is it, Sue? What is the what is the information? Wait, were you the canon conundrums? Yeah, hmm? we should just yeah, we should just tease it a little bit though. I mean, we do hear okay. a little bit more about. What people, the here. characters were thinking about about the veil, and I'm um, just think we should. Just it's talk so about brilliantly it simple too. That's what I love about it. It makes it so is. much sense. It's just, it's yeah. eloquent. Yeah. Eloquent. And she says, yeah, and the way she says, she's like, oh yeah, that's why, just like that, you know, like yeah. oh right, oh. like it's something that she meant to tell you three years ago or something, you know. Makes not, I wonder not how many actually. others, how many other things are like that in her mind. Things so that like, are burning questions for us that she could answer. Oh, yeah, right. It's a hot dog. So, so much. I asked her during that interview what was in the core of the wand, of the, of the elder wand. Yeah. And she said, without blinking, oh, a festival hair. I said, well, you've got to tell people this. And she goes, I, I haven't told you that yet. And I said, no. <laughs> you know, like that. So it's that kind Dude, of thing. A, she just tease, has all Give us a little, little taste of something else. Tease us real quick. Um, of something mm. else from the interview? Just yeah, some other candidates. <laughs> Cole, come on, Melissa. I have to pull it up. There's, I'm biting. There's so me. much. We talked about shipping, and that stuff is in the book. We talked a lot about the epilogue. We talked. Did she say um, what was in the love room? She already answered that. Well, she said it on our show. <laughs> I know. Oh. Don't mind you, dork. <laughs> See, I wasn't around. Say what was in the love room. We talked about um, a lot of some of the epilogue stuff is actually in my epilogue because the epilogue, as I see it, is. A little bit of a breath, a little bit of a a um, a you know relaxing moment after a full book kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. I I let more canon stuff get in there because you just kind of have to at some point. It's just yeah. being a fan maybe maybe overween that a little bit. But um, so we talk about that there. Oh God, there's so ah um. You, you don't have you're to. You're me to recall a 100-page document at... <laughs> tell her about the secret will. of Dobby's eyes. What? 
what? Secret of his eyes. Had, He's got like pos- yeah, magic she had, eyes. Yeah, like a five minute answer to that. Secret of Dobby's eyes, the back of it, like the size of. I don't tennis know what balls. he's talking about. Yeah, right. he's being. Or maybe anyway, that was from one gonna... of our conversations. Okay, can we get this back? My book called Harry: A History will be out on November fourth in the U.S., November nineteenth in the U.K., November twenty three in Australia. Oh, and when I say U.S., I generally mean North America, so that includes Canada. Sorry, Canada. November November fourth. In Canada. Um, and we're going to be hearing about... Actually, Sue just, just asked if she could interview me on the show about it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Got a lot oh, to I'll ask you, Miss Melissa. Are you going to be an in the know or uh, yes. expendable ears? I'm not either. <laughs> I'm, I'm... I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm, think that'd be an in I'm the neither. know. <laughs> no, but that's fun because we want to we ditch you two jokers so that we can actually yeah. talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Less work for me. <laughs> and from awesome. now on, every week, I'll, I'll give, we'll give, we're going to give some sort of teaser. Probably you'll hear about it here on Pottercast, like right before I put it on harryhistory.com. Because Slash spoiler. This is indeed Pottercast, and it's my first and best home, uh, aside yeah. from Leaky. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Squee. Awesome. Can't wait. I love it. Worth I love it. it. Um, we have All one right. more thing we heard heard some to talk on. Uh, we'll talk more about that in Canon Conundrum, but uh, we have one more big news, and I thought this was pretty, really pretty cool. We got to uh, uh, talk to really Mr. David awesome. Heyman. Uh, I was I was really, really thrilled with this. He, um, he answered some questions for us, and um, I, I must – there's something about this man. Maybe it's because he deals with the press so much more, or he's just mm-hmm. – I don't know, just the type of person, but I just really appreciated his answers. He asked, He spoke very, I think – honestly about why they moved the film and you know i mean he blankly you know he said it's called the film business you know and um hmm. makes sense. I, I just Thank the way you. he approached Somebody it was like adults you know i mean he yeah. just said it without any bunch of hoo-ha that I, I really didn't care for mr horn's opinion and i'll just say that that that's my my personal yeah. opinion i didn't, I didn't care I for his statement and i just found it Who's? just ugh. but uh, Alan Horn, who's the president of um, oh, Warner Brothers, yeah. had issued this statement. And then, but I don't know. But Mr. You know, Mr. Heyman just just said, look, he said, you know, it's film business, and and they needed a, they had a big year. Warner Brothers had a big year with Dark Knight, and they needed a big film for 2009. And Harry Potter filled the slot. Boom, there it I is. I mean, hallelujah, ring in the court. Like this is what we've been asking somebody to say to treat us like adults. We get it. It's okay. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, like, and so yeah. you're, you're you're absolutely a hundred percent on. Any time I've heard David Heyman speak over the years, I mean, there are there are a few people in show, and I'm not just talking about Harry Potter. I mean, in show business in general, when you interview them, who ring like they are they are treating you like just a person who needs answers as opposed to press. And mm-hmm. David Heyman is really high on that. He just he just he'll look right at you and give you an answer that that seems to be true and respectful and. And not at all like yeah. he's covering for something, which is so nice. Oh, it's so yeah. nice. It's such refreshing. You know, it's interesting. Interesting to hear the answer of, you know, you know, Warner Brothers had a good year and we need to have a good year next year. And then in like the same interview, maintain that we don't have two Deathly Hollows for any other than artistic reason. Not that I don't believe that. I wholly believe that, you know, they can't be. decided yeah. to split the two movies because it, they wanted to tell the story better but, but also it must because, be harder for other people to yeah. believe when yeah. uh, well it's not i mean it's probably a mix of both but like if there if there was no business supporting of this artistic decision it would have never been made exactly it's you just know? it's one if of those the things, only thing that made good business sense was to have one film yeah 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 it, it, yeah well, but that well but <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I just think that they were, you, you can argue that it was from a business point of view, but I just think that they were just genuinely trying to put make uh, as good as films as they could out of the, the wealth yeah. of material that was in Deathly Hallows. And, which they were considering if they were just going to do one, they would have removed the Deathly Hallows to begin with. Yeah. Which, which what? Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. That's insane. Not okay. <laughs> what are you going to call it? Harry Potter and the, mm? Harry Potter and the last <laughs> film. Harry Potter and finding the Horcruxes. Finding the Horcruxes, exactly. Harry Potter and the Deathly Horcruxes. What? You know, I just, when I read that, when when that answer came in, I first, I just, you know, your mind just boggles. Like, what? You appreciate that a film and and a book are two separate entities and there's two separate things, even though this is an adaptation. But still, just, it's the basic, I I just. It's funny. Did he tell you where they wanted to split the movies at? 
No, he did not answer that question, unfortunately. Mm. But um, he did say that they that he's read the first the first script. He's read that, and and then he has not read the second half, and that's going to. So he knows he knows the answer of where it splits. Yeah, it's funny because just, it might not seem like that big of an answer to them, and that, that big of a question to them to begin with. But of course, the first question that the fans came up with right after we learned there would be two films yeah. is, yeah. "Oh my God, where are they going to split it?" So yeah. now it's this huge thing that they're not going to release until you know, right fans are going to make a big deal out of it to make a press moment out of it, you know? Yeah. Sure. It affects the narrative so much. It know. does. It does. What it if does. they ended it, like, you know, right when Ron comes back and, like, the last shot is, like, like Ron, Harry, and Hermione going into, like, a tent, and then we have no idea what happens after that. <laughs> Sorry, know. John. Did we did we have very little reaction to that? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, no. But you know what? I'm just happy about to learn that. that Dobby is going to be back in the movies, and that's all I'm happy about because oh, he was I'm not. Happy, but Dobby is back! Yay! Just, it almost makes me sad they're going to bring him back to just stab him through the heart. I know. <laughs> He's been making this joke like all month. Like, what happens? Like, what's he going to do? He's going to look into his camera and be like, "Oh, actually, yeah. I was on vacation for the past four years." I've been to the Caribbean, and I've been here, and I've been riding a camel at the <laughs> Harry's going to be like, who the F are you? <laughs> <That's the laughs> <entrance>. No. <laughs> Where have you but. been? You abandoned me. Now, see what they should do then when they re-release everything, uh, you know, like Lucas style, is like put Dobby in every other movie just randomly. <laughs> just like, you know, maybe he's nearby when Harry's summoning the Patronus and, and Prisoner of Azkaban and... You know, maybe in in Phoenix, he's like talking to creature at some point that we don't see. So you mean he'd be like an Easter egg the on the DVDs? Yeah, be... just just to have him there, like you know how they Easter added egg. a bunch of like flying, like yeah. uh, monsters in Star Wars, like uh-huh. episodes, you know, four through six. Like just throw Dobby in time. there, <laughs> just randomly. Dobby like Easter eggs. Students. I want no, I'm that. so glad they're, they're doing this right and bringing Dobby back. That's great. But yes. he, did he say that Dobby would be in the first film? Uh, he didn't really like specify that. I didn't think. I mean, he just said yeah. that they, they, given the points of it, they needed to emphasize him now. You know, I mean, given yeah. you know, because he was referring yeah. to when you know the Joe had told said that it weren't so because he That's was not. If you've seen it, the, right up. Yeah. Yeah. What about Pete? You know what Dobby's going to do? They're going to give Dobby probably. Um, no, they can't do that. And say they're going to give him grip hooks. They'll give roll, Dobby some sort can't. of greater importance. Maybe he'll sure. maybe he'll be at the wedding or something. If they do the wedding, you know? <laughs> he's uh, officiating the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That'd be amazing. Oh, stop. <laughs> so bad. Not to. <laughs> so well, oh, if he could right. do, if we could have a priest play xylophones in Mamma Mia, why not have a little house elf? <laughs> oh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Zobby's going to have a xylophone. Yeah. <laughs> that's, there you go. All right. I digress. Oh. Okay, Melly. I think we've done it. We have a, that's our news. That's it. I think, I think we've done enough. What do you think? That's pretty yeah. good news. <laughs> well, we had to run some long news because it's been so long since we've had yeah. the news. I know. We, had so long. we hope you haven't snoozed. That was all the news. We'll catch you on the other side of the news. Time again for Ganon Conundrums. So, Ganon Conundrums. Ganon Conundrums. What are we talking Woo! about? I'm so excited I provided a Ganon Conundrums. That makes me crazy. You still do Ganon Conundrums. I love the, the quickfire ones we did at Terminus, though. Yeah. We had big hat of topics. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was fun. But I'm excited yes, about no. this week because we're finally pinning down something. That we kind we of have all an answer knew. for a Ganon Conundrum? Yeah, we do have an an- answer. About the veil. Wow. The veil we world, do. Can right I read it? Yes. Yeah. Um. As part of my interview with Joe, which was mostly about the phenomenon, but with having myself and Joe rolling in a room, there's no way we're not going to talk about canon. Um. <laughs> so we got off topic a lot and started talking about canon. And um. I asked her because I had to. What about the veil and basically this is this in- interview is very indicative of what happens when joe starts talking about canon you don't really have to ask her anything you just kind of mention something and she just goes and the only thing and the best thing you can do as an interviewer is just let her do it let her nice. go <laughs> you know and, do you have uh, a clip to play i 
I it's too low. If I could, if the the audio would be so bad that it's just um, it was really hard to transcribe because it was so badly audio recorded. So because it wasn't ever for audio publication, you know. Um, oh. I basically and I had three going, and of course only one worked. It's my life. Basically, J.K. Rowling made a comment, and I forget I forget what precluded it. She said that everybody wanted to go beyond the veil. Oh, I know. I was explaining to her about the questions we had just asked everybody on tour and how one of them was the veil and about the veil and who, who thinks we're going to go behind the veil. And she just went, everybody wanted to go behind the veil. So I said, you know, I, I have to know. A lot of fans see this veil as separation. And she immediately was off. This is what she said. It's the divide between life and death. I tried to do a nod to that in the tale of the three brothers. She was separate from them as though through a veil. Mm. You can't go back if you pass through that veil. You cannot come back. Or you can't come back in any form that will make either person happy anyway. But when they surround that veil, and she's talking about Order of the Phoenix, I was trying to show that depending on their degree of skepticism or belief about what lay beyond, because Luna, of course, is a very spiritual character. This got reprinted. It wasn't skeptical. The word was spiritual character. Luna believes firmly in an afterlife. She's very clear on that. And she feels them speaking or hears them speaking much more clearly than Harry does. This is the idea of faith. Harry thinks he can hear them. He's drawn on. But Harry has had a life that has been so imbued with death that he now has an uncharacteristically strong curiosity about the afterlife, especially for a boy of 15, as he is in Phoenix. Ron's just scared, as I think Ron would be. He just knows this is something he doesn't want to dabble with. Hermione, hyper-rational Hermione. Can't hear anything? Get away from the veil. So if you walk through the veil, you're dead. You're dead. What you find on the other side, well, that's the question. Do I believe you go on? Yes, I do believe you go on. I do believe in an afterlife, although I'm absolutely doubt-ridden and have always been. But there you are. I had not, this is Jonah, I had not anticipated, though I really should have done, how interested people would be beyond the veil. And lots of people, including Dan Radcliffe, wanted to go through the veil. But then that shouldn't surprise me because teenagers are very interested. I said, Dan sort of does get, get to go beyond the veil. He says, yes, but not literally. And on, on Ginny, she says... I think women are more likely to hear them than men. Ginny and Harry really are soulmates. I think she's like Harry. She's got an intellectual curiosity and she's got something of belief. Hermione is totally rational. Let's all back away from the veil and pretend we heard nothing. <laughs> so that's what I posted on HarryHistory.com and it's been really, uh, really satisfying seeing everybody come and, and, and reacting to it. Is she saying Hermione is an atheist? No. No, no I don't think so. What do you think, Sue? hyper-rational. Mm. Sue? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I you don't think, think it's a question. You know, when you say something like that, I don't believe that just because you don't, that she doesn't, she doesn't, Hermione is someone that likes to have the, the books. She likes to have that tangible kind of thing. So I don't think it's a question of being atheist. She just wants to see the reinforcement of the tangible acknowledgement, something that she can hold, feel, read in her hand. So I don't know that that necessarily makes her an atheist, but I just think she just wants to apply her sense of, of logic and, and thought process. Well, if you could, this is because it's there, then we know that this, for a fact, is this. So I don't think it's a question mm-hmm. of atheism. So she's like the sour kangaroo in Horton Hears a Who. I never saw that. <laughs> if you can't see it or feel it or hear it, but then I don't, it doesn't exist. I don't think at all it means that Hermione isn't... Um, yeah isn't isn't doesn't have belief or as some said i saw some people were like well she says Ginny has intellectual curiosity that means that hermione doesn't no that's not at all what it means nobody has more intellectual curiosity than hermione but in that moment of of something uh, something unexplained happening hermione's instinct her visceral reaction is no cannot be happening let's but i think upon further reflection she might hear them I'd agree with that completely. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree. Yeah, I think Hermione, Hermione would need to sit down and just kind of... I think she'd be more interested... She would have to be interested in, like, the origin of the veil, how long it's been there, how to get there, and then once she kind of digests, like, like the... I don't know, what's in her proximity, she could, you know, would maybe, you know, like you said, here after a while. I don't know. John? Maybe Hermione was just so focused on what they were supposed to be doing there at the time that, like, she doesn't want this stray her attention or risk anybody getting distracted. That's true, because Hermione is very anything. focused. Look at book, you know, um, seven. You know, she was the, a driving force a lot of the time. Yeah. Hmm. I wish she would have asked Joe, like, well, what happens if you tie, like, a rope to I a didn't... bucket and toss it in the bucket and... You know, they're not like, like why didn't we go further on this line of questioning is because the I was there to interview her about the phenomenon, not about canon. I know. If I, I mean, had been there to interview her about canon, I could have gone 20 minutes about the veil and what happens and et cetera. But we had, like, to, I mean, we had to get back. 
<laughs> yeah, of course. The sound waves a, travel through there. That's a sufficient answer because it, it reflects our reality. You know, there are some people who are very skeptical mm-hmm. about afterlife, some people who fully embrace it. And it's one of those things that you can't know. And so it's just one of the things like if you step behind that veil, you'll know personally, but you can't communicate that knowledge to anybody else. It's just it's a nice reflection yeah. and tie in of how it like to me, like I don't think you could answer it anymore without without losing some of its beauty and nuance because a lot of it is up to interpretation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What if, like, you put just your arm through? I think, I I don't know. Does Will it your kill arm your off? arm? No. Is that what happened to Dumbledore? I think you get the pass through Maybe the veil. Maybe you can get it back. It's the, if you, yourself, your being, your whole being steps through that veil, you're done. Exactly. That's yeah. what I would say. Like if you, uh, so, like if you stick is... your toe in, if you jump in the water, that doesn't mean you're. In, if you put your foot in the pool, it doesn't mean you're swimming. Your foot's in the pool. Take it right wow. out. Or like, I don't think it's so ominous. It's gonna pull you in, like some sort of like Jaws type, like. Rah. But it pulled Sirius in in the movie. He, he got AK'd before oh, he <laughs> was dead, and, and it kind of sm- like uh. like snaked outward and got him. Like you know, yeah. it's movie. which. It's like, if he's I've already dead, I can understand that. If he is already dead, even though he's still moving, then I can. Well, I mean, I get it. No, but in the book, he, he got AK'd, and then he looked at Harry, and then he was like, "Oh bother!" <laughs> oh bother! And then he fell backwards. It's kind of like when somebody gets gets shot, and they look up like, "Oh, I've been shot," and they die. Yeah. You know? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Like a Phoebe. Can, can I can I say this? What appealed to me about this no, interview? No, so you can't. No, you cannot say okay. it. Whatever. Fail. Cut off her mic. I really like this about Luna it being a spiritual character and that she believes in the afterlife. And for her, it was, uh, okay, yeah, of course, I can hear these voices. So this this, this yeah. whole question of hearing voices and stuff is it, it really appealed to me that, that Luna was like this. And that Harry, although he has been so, like she wrote, or so imbued with death and, you know, and has curiosity about it, but... He's kind of hear those voices, but he's like, oh, wait a minute. And Ron, he's just like, no. You know, so for me, that was more appealing to me about, talks to me, or more reflective about how our personalities and what we each uh, bring to the table when we, when we confront these things. Because death is the great unknown, as Templedore says. But we each have our own yeah. personal beliefs. And I really like the way that she had each of these characters reacting differently to it and all the different ways that people are in real life about it. Because like when you say that Hermione's an atheist, just because she believes in in, in seeing things factually doesn't mean that she cannot believe in God too. Just, you know, and, and so for me that Luna unquestionably said, oh yeah, okay, you know, it just I don't know, it was, for me it was reassuring no. to, I mean, I knew this about the characters but for Joe to say it specifically like that was really kind of gratifying for me. And, you know, somebody said that in the comments, too, and I pulled this out on the side as well, because I'm doing, trying to, like, do some canon discussion there as well. And somebody said, um, isn't, he signed, as, signed it off as H. So interesting about Hermione, yes, we all know that she's logical to the last, but I think I felt in Deathly Hallows that she had something of faith, or whatever you will call it, but that she struggled. She believes in the lasting soul, and she knows the verse on James and Lily's grave. She was scared of pulling back the dead. Which is interesting. Mm. And you can't, you can't, and no matter what, I mean, it, she must believe Harry when he says that I went to a place where I spoke to Dumbledore and I saw what Voldemort will become when he dies. Like, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. That's a good point. She's not going to, that's rational. I mean, eyewitness from Harry to her is rational, I would imagine. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I wonder if there's a little bit of fear too in her. You know, it's something oh, that okay. she was afraid of that unknown, you know, that, that said her, okay, my logic must kick in. I must protect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing because yeah, yeah it's one yeah. of those things that she can't really tackle it normal way. So there's yeah. the uncomfortable, like, wow, I can't really handle this how I normally do. I mean, and like, yeah, it's a big question. No unknown. And, yeah. It just doesn't do well with that kind of stuff. Like just like how the disdain she had for divination through the veil. and uh, early in the books. Yeah. Whenever you you know take things that are proven soul is as dry actually as that she away, I thought it, it was interesting that the veil is introduced in the same book as Thestrals are introduced, having to do with death and people who are, um, you know, who know death are able to see or hear different things than the people who who haven't. And I thought that it was related to the Thestrals and that, you know, Harry could 
hear things and you know Ginny could hear things I guess Luna could hear things because they've known death differently than than the others but then it was inconsistent because it was also you know whenever people are separated off into who is who can feel something who can hear something like like in the train in Azkaban when you know Harry reacts strongly and Ginny also reacts but then the others react differently it's like why and there's 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 different reasons for the, you know the powers of the dementors the thestrals and now now the veil so it's interesting that they're so different mm-hmm. that the that the veil is more of a faith based rather than a who's more familiar with death or evil and that's and that's it's not a faith based thing if it's very you know straightforward for the thestrals well, I think but, those uh, things I, I thought it was related more to a Thestral philosophy than a faith-based philosophy. I think people mm-hmm. who uh, well, I don't really remember my first because uh, that that scene was so like the the ministry scene was just like so high paced and like it was just a great oh yeah you know a great read and so I didn't really give it like just the proper dissection of it, but like. In hindsight, it it's one of those things that it didn't it didn't add up. But now, when you when you like you know this is like a faith based quote unquote thing. It's just people who deal with death at an early age or who have dealt with this. They just they ask themselves these questions sooner so they can deal with it. Like Ron, he came from a very you know sheltered life. You know, like the fact that he doesn't have money is one thing, but you know he had a wonderful home life and. You know, parents who loved him, brothers and sisters that he got along with and had like, the, you know, he had the opportunity to fight with. You know, he had a very nice, you know, childhood. So these ideas to him are very foreign. So, of course, he's going to be afraid of them. He doesn't want to think about that because he has so many people that he loves and cares for that death is even that much more scary for him. Like Harry, yeah, he grew up with it. You know, it's just one of those things that like it's always been in the like in the corner of the room and so he doesn't want to address it but it's not freaking him out because it's it's always been there and luna you know her mom died hermione she's i think she's in the same boat as ron a little bit because like she came from you know so she doesn't really she doesn't understand it and she can't really have never experienced it before and like maybe Ginny, like she just said she just she can just tackle it in a different way than ron and like, like i guess the whole when joe said that women might be more prone to hear it I don't know. That's my first instinct, I guess. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I, I just was wondering, though, if like people like Lucius Malfoy and them, all those guys that were fighting, you know, if they even got, if they could hear it. Yeah, I don't know. Just because I'm a squirrel, it was not important. No, I think, I think that makes confusing. sense. For me, no, I think that it's just as much as, because it's, it's I think it's a reflection on death. And giving... Um, Given the nature of their of what they were doing in that room, I don't think they had the time to really reflect upon it. You know what I mean? Like they're not in the right state of mind, really, to receive from it. I would say I don't know if like if they can't hear it, that's what I would argue. But can I ask you this this question? And, and this this kind of bothered me. I don't know if you want to talk about this, but at the, at the end there, she said women are more likely than men to hear. Yeah, what's that yeah. all about? I don't think she's saying... Well, a lot of people are, well, men don't have intuition. I don't think she's saying that's entirely her intent or that it's possible, but that's what she thinks. And I think, to, I mean, I think to a certain extent she's right. If you were a straw poll, I think you'd find a lot more women um, believe in the beyond than men do. I don't know if that's... I mean, does that strike true to you guys? I don't know. I've never seen any actual survey on that. Um, that, to me, it would make sense just because... Um, I mean... Like, I don't know. Like, I grew up, I got, you know. Uh, Which parent was the one that, that pushed the family more towards going to church? Oh, um, that, that was See, the that's, Simpsons. That's not a measure. Definitely that's not a measure. Uh, yeah. well, that that's is that's kind the of measure, measure of which of which parent feels like we should follow the traditions, which well, I can see many. it depends on how many... you view church, mm-hmm. because some people it is about, right. about the structure of the religion and the bureaucracy of it, but then, like... Me, I grew up going to church, and it was more. It was a much more spiritual thing, and it's much more of a personal relationship than it is following these sets of traditions. And for that, mm-hmm. given the na- like, it is more common that you do see a lot more women involved than men. 
But then at the same time, there's other factors that play into that. But I can see why she says that not to... I'm being careful not to make a huge sweeping statement. You know what I mean? But I could... Basically, yeah. I can agree with it. Even though it's it's kind of like uh, it's not something you can it's not something you can just say without right. I don't well, know. Again, I'm not it's making her opinion. Sense. You know, she's not giving a like in in Harry Potter more females are no. She's saying well, this is what I think exactly. No, yeah, and I can see some merit to that 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 statement. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, it's one of those no. things you can't make assumptions it, on it. No, it's kind of like put it down to women's intuition kind of thing. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just an intuitiveness, or or being being like she like she described here at Harry at his point, you know, in his life, and he he had heard them a little bit. He thought, but he was uncertain. Whereas Ron, no, you know, it just wasn't. Yeah. Well, so I just think it has to do with the the person more so, and maybe maybe it's because the way I don't know the intuitiveness yeah, and, being around. I agree. And then going back to just like the whole men women thing. Like men, the, our minds are the chem, like it's they work differently, and so like men are mm-hmm. women are much more capable at processing th- multiple things at one time. Guys are more tunnel like one at one thing at a task oriented, like one thing at a time. And because women's brains can they can handle uh, women's well, I'm smart. Um, you guys can handle like processing different things at once. They you have you are you're more abstract thinkers, and so you're more the intuition thing is more of a like because you're putting two and two together you know what i mean not right you don't have like a tunnel vision like men can this is a this is a broad statement and it's but it is one of those things so i think that's a lot where it comes from too does that make any sense yeah mm-hmm. and also i mean we're also talking about people at this phase of their life after fred does do you think ron would have more of a chance of hearing the whispers because maybe he'd want to yep yeah that's a good point very good it's a point. very good point. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know, Harry's, but Harry's. My initial reaction to all this was that it was how close the person had brushed with death. Ginny came very close. Harry has come yeah. close many times. You know, Luna has seen it. Luna just, she she just knows. Um, Neville can Neville see Thestrals? I forgot. Yeah, he saw his his, uh, his grand- yeah. grandpa die. That's right. He saw somebody die. So then, so that that was always that was always for me the wrench. Like why why did why didn't Neville hear them? But I think at this point, again, Neville's Neville a has his parents. Guy. A terrible thing has happened to him, but he's not. It's not really death that imbues his life. Well, I think that's a good yeah. way too, because just if you think about it, in like if people who experience death in their life, they're going to be more prone to think about it. So I think just that's just reflected in the story. The fact that you know Ginny did come very close to death, so of course she's going to be more curious about it. You know what I mean? I think that's very true. Yeah. You know, and this is really interesting about Neville because, I mean, what he saw was as it was a form of death. What it was done to his parents was a t- t- monstrous thing. You know, yeah. I mean, and uh, I don't know. I think you know, maybe he would have been too afraid to admit it or say anything. I don't know. You know, uh, speaking so, as someone who identifies with like... Neville, I think maybe I would have said I would be, be afraid to, to admit. Oh, I heard something, but. <laughs> I don't want to say anything, you know, because people think yeah. I'm more freaky than normal. You know, I don't know. See, I said on the site that I think that I think that Neville, just in that moment, wouldn't be worried. But if if he wasn't in danger and he was alone with the veil and, and like had time to sit and sort it out, then he would. And especially after the Battle of Hogwarts, I mean, think about it. Everybody, almost everybody now at Hogwarts can see Thestrals. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I wonder if they yeah. still would use the Thestrals after that year to take the carriages. Hmm. The school kind of takes the mystery away, huh? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you think maybe they'd employ like unicorns or something fun instead, just to lighten the mood. But you wonder why they even chose those to begin with, just because they happen to be inhabited in the forest. I mean, what? I don't know. It is so. It's so like gothic. It is mm-hmm. exactly what it is. It's like, hey, it's a time for a new school. Let's <laughs> mess with all the people who can see death. Well, it's, to me, it's, it's disrespectful to all the people in, who died in, protecting Hogwarts. It's like you wouldn't get rid of that. It's just a memory for them. It's you know, yeah. it's, a, in, it's a thing. Yeah. Of honor. I mean, in peacetime, nobody. In peacetime, I mean, when when those kids go at the in the epilogue, I remember thinking, my my God, almost none of these kids throughout, I mean, throughout their entire life are going to see these thestrals. I mean, throughout their entire time at Hogwarts, whereas yeah. so many during Harry's time. Having like five or six in a class with half well, they have, remember they have to see death. Not not it can't be like their parents died. They have to right. be there when it died. So I don't sure, know. Right. I think it's probably but, the you know, ratio is probably the same. 
Yeah. Well, after the Battle of Hogwarts. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hogwarts, Many people saw yeah. death. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But, but even, even then, in Harry's time, a lot of people did. I mean, who knows? The older kids, probably very much so. Probably a lot of them were allowed, uh, around during the war. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the Thestrals. <laughs> Say it, John. Do it. Well, the... Well, the the, the, the seventh years take the the boats back after after school. Yes, that was a great Between question. According according to your theory, which which okay. was confirmed as sounding quite plausible. Right. Oh, they exactly. take the boats back. Forgot about that. Yeah, you, you didn't hear that part. I remember now of the, our interview with Joe. Yeah, that would have been a beautiful idea. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oh, I love these tidbits, Melissa. I want them all the time. I want every uh, single one. Tease us more. for one next week. Call Give them us like a little wee little joke bit. Okay, so guys, next week I'm going to put um, on on podcast and, not, and then followed by putting it on the site some conversation about the epilogue and her choice to leave Harry alive and her choice to bring Harry um, back to um, Wizarding World. Awesome. Sweet. That's brilliant. Awesome. Yes. the end of the show. It's the end Exciting. of the show. But only for this week. Only for this week. I thought it was like the end end. We're not ending. We're not changing. We're not going less often. We're not doing anything like that. Crazy talk. Aw. Yeah. Um. So wait, Melissa had a question about your book. I'm multiple, yeah. I'm multiple questions. What? What is the deal? <laughs> uh, you're not driving a Porsche in your book. Is this right? I mean. <laughs> what? Amazon.co.uk put like a weird image it must have been off somebody's hard drive or maybe they put the wrong but i don't know but for a while you went to amazon.co.uk and there was a picture of a porsche in the book cover space cool. <laughs> it was really funny i don't i don't i don't understand what happened there but yeah no maybe it was re- maybe it was re- representing a pre-order sales <laughs> yes <Yeah, John. laughs> i'm sure ah uh, ah uh, no 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 yeah no, 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 nothing no, like no. that. Um, no, 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 no. Wait, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Are you getting a new cover though? I mean, are there going to put different, in, like different translations, going to get different covers, or what's what's? I, I didn't mean, even think there was going to be. I mean, I didn't think there was going to be. There's definitely, probably, <laughs> I'm making a lot of sense. Definitely, probably, <laughs> almost 100 percent will be a different cover for Australia because that's a whole different publisher. Simon and Schuster Pocket is also publishing it in the UK, so I thought it would be the same thing. But to go with to go with more of the mood of the market over there, they've changed it just a little bit. But it's really cool. And as soon as I have that I will put it up. I don't I don't know if, if I can make it public yet. Okay. Kind of oh thing. that sounds oh. cool. It yeah it is. It's really, it's just a little bit more whimsical than than the and I and I love them both equally for different I reasons, think the, so it sounds awesome. Are there owls and pixies and like not owls and pixies and scarves and candlesticks and, and Twilight and books and and, you know everything no. quills and potions awesome. masters no. so, but yeah it's so it's so funny you know my book comes out on election day yeah yeah so my my agent's been been, been wink wink joking that we should beat Barack Obama in the in book sales that week yeah. <laughs> so, that would be awesome so I love him and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here I uh, he's my guy he's my he's the one I'm supporting but he can have the White House I yeah. I'll take the 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 books. <laughs> I'll take the books. You can get the White House. <laughs> We're both happy. That's so so generous. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how it is. No, Aww. but seriously, go pre-order because that that's that's if you pre-order, it, it helps for that first week. So cool. Very cool. Very cool. John's gonna pre-order six hundred thousand. Yeah, with your credit card. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It'll balance out. <laughs> That'll so be a bad. story. Author buys all her books <laughs> makes bestseller. I'm sure that's been done you know it ha- sure you know it has that people have organized like especially um, religious groups and especially political groups have organized to all purchase on the same day so that you can propel it because it doesn't honestly it does it only takes a couple of thousand concentrated yeah. purchases the New York Times bestseller list is is chosen by surveying I think it's 40,000 retailers wholesalers the online markets they kind of sample and they don't just go by numbers they ask the people in the stores what are people coming in and asking for what are, what are they buying so wow. go to your store and buy it order it online and well, then uh, that in that first week and then yeah. didn't Laura Mallory organize like a huge buy up of like half blood prints just to burn it and like ended up contributing to its seller numbers like considerably that's the funny thing about burning if you're burning a book you probably already bought it so yeah, I don't give really who's a fool what if you can't when like you stole a book and then you burnt it Speaking of burning of books, 
Oh, yes. Okay. What this week mm-hmm. is Banned Books Week. Yes, it so, is. Yes, it is. So if you would like to contribute to the cause of having books not burned, go to ALA.org, look at the list of their banned books. Go but where? ALA.org, it's the American Library Association. It's their Banned Book Week. It's celebrating our right to read things even when people say we shouldn't. Um, so go pick out one of their books, whether it's Harry Potter or Catcher in the Rye or something by um, Maya Angelou. Yes. You know, read, buy it, celebrate it, promote it to your friends, get on your YouTube channel and read a portion of it um, in celebration. Just not a lot of it because then you're breaking copyright. And, you know, go and, 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 and spread the word about books that are usually banned. Doesn't that like spread chaos and disorganized society and all those other bad things? You sound like the Joker. No, no. no. He's being facetious. This is banned book weeks. Oh, I'm just messing. So, what's your favorite banned book? Um, besides that, um, actually, I'm a big fan of um Maya Angelou. I I I know why Cage Birds sing. I think it's and and seriously, Inherit the Wind. And um, yeah. I, anything by Harper Lee, I, I just—I mean, these are magnificent mm-hmm. novels, and and yeah. I, I don't—it uh, it, it floors me that that they would be banned, but they are. You know, I just can't understand it. I think we've asked this question like the last couple of banned books weeks. Yeah. What people's banned books were? Is is yours Judy uh, Bloom, John? <laughs> I think it was last year. <laughs> I think now it's gra- graduated to everybody poops. <laughs> <sighs> What? <laughs> don't, no, please, please no, please no. Okay, I'm getting it has been banned <laughs> in some schools. Amazing. Uh. <laughs> All right. What about you, Frankie? What's yours? I don't know, because I'm probably not as well read as most people think I am. <laughs> so, um, I, I would have to look well, at a list. Let me look this up. Well, I will, I will guarantee for you that there is a book that you have read that is on one of these. Li- yeah, it's, it's Where's Waldo? Shut <laughs> up. Oh, come I, on. I swear, it's on the list. Number 88, Where's Waldo? That's ridiculous. People are ridiculous. Waldo. Crazy. Waldo's dangerous to our brains. I don't know. <laughs> he keeps hiding. It's not healthy. Yeah. Where is he? I can see the optometrists <laughs> being against that book. It, totally, it makes your eyes buggy. But, you know, oh. you know, it's funny. So, yes, read banned books. Okay, read what's this video of Cheryl you mentioned in the intro? Oh, what is it? Go to the go to the username straight two thousand eight s t r a i g h t two thousand eight, and there's a video. Uh, it's 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 James it's James Cheryl's boyfriend's um, channel, and he's got like all her her videos. Wait, um, say that again. And he what's the username? Uh, straight two thousand eight. Okay. And there's a video called "There You Go, Girl," and he <laughs> got her basically to um um he has a green screen, and he got her to to walk up and down by the, by the green screen because um, he said he was just testing it or whatever and then he did he did something with it for her birthday and you should go check I'm it out I'm watching right it right now <gasps> oh my god I'm watching it Cheryl I need to load up <laughs> I love her so much Cheryl Klein? <laughs> How did he do that? James met him and, oh. and asked him to do whatever in front of a green screen and then Cheryl also walked for him in front of a green screen just he, she thought he was just testing it out. Oh, that's and hilarious. And then he put the video together. She, yeah. um, Melly, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. She just had her 30th birthday. I have to... Oh, it's going to get so many hits now. I should put it on my blog. Travels far. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Okay, guys. I think it's well, time to get out of here. It's been a great long week. Escape while we I'm can. So glad I remembered <laughs> to ask you. Yeah. Tune in next week for another live show. Yes, totally. Uh-huh. Podcast live from uh, uh, somewhere. Until then. So then, boys and gals, keep twiddling those dials. 
The next password will be Haria History. <gasps> Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. Toby is free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> this week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact yeah, us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com. During her reading. No, I'm teasing. Just go to the desk, 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 desk